This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to your latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Paul Ghost. Uh, joining me today isn't Ian Doyle or Christian Walsh or Joe Rimmer, so you're stuck with me in the hosting seat. But I am delighted to say that joining us is our Liverpool correspondent, home and away, James Pearce. Hello, James. Hi, Paul. And also Connor Dunn. Hello, Paul. Right, OK, so um, Jürgen Klopp's first press conference of the new Premier League season was uh, down at Melwood earlier on this afternoon. James, he was talking Rocky Balboa and Ivan <laughs> Drago. Um, what was it all about? <laughs> he was on very good form. Yeah, he, um, you know, of course, there was a lot of talk about the expectation and and the pressure that uh, that obviously comes with, with being Liverpool at this stage of the season. Obviously, you know, there's been a real buzz around the club throughout pre-season and rightly so, I think, you know, on the on the back of how they finished last season and the ambition we've seen in the transfer market um, in the last few months. So, uh, yeah, Klopp, he, I mean, he's 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 kind of name-checked Rocky a few times yeah. over the last few years. I think I Seems remember, to be a big fan of it, doesn't he? Yeah, he loves his boxing films. I think before his first trip to Goodison, he said you know, his only knowledge of Goodison was, was watching Creed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, he was... I, th- I think his, his obviously his, his point was that you know he still sees Man City as Ivan Drago, the the, the, the Soviet fighting machine, <laughs> who um, has got has got all the all the tools that uh, that, that everyone else is is trying to live up to. Well, um, he always wins though, doesn't he? He does. Well, yeah. I mean, At the that end was, of the day. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that was his his kind of message: the fact that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think he just doesn't want Liverpool to to feel burdened. I think that's the that's the big thing. That you know, of course, he expects Liverpool to be up there mounting a challenge this season. But he, you know, I think he his point of view is, you know, why should Liverpool be be the team that everyone is saying they have to go and yeah. win it now because of the money they spent? Because I think his his point of view, which I think is a sound one, is well, hang on a minute. You know, Man City won the title by what was it, nineteen points last season you know I, I think you know he's talked before about how City have effectively got the same team plus Riyad Mahrez um, and you know even on the Tour of America he was going back through all the other rivals and you know he, obviously Tottenham people say they've had a disastrous window because they didn't sign anyone but they didn't, didn't lose anyone either um, and you know and, and for all Man United's problems they finished above Liverpool last season and you know nobody really knows what's going to happen at Chelsea and Arsenal this season with the, with the new managers taking over so yeah I think he was I think all summer he's been very keen to kind of tread that fine line between confidence and, and belief in what he's got at his disposal but but not wanting to to kind of bring kind of like an unfair amount of pressure on his his players because um, you know he, he knows that a lot is expected of Liverpool this season but I don't think I, th- I think he knows if you start off shouting from the rooftops, we're going to be there. We're going to be mm. right up there throughout. You know, you, you're almost setting yourselves up to fail. I mean, Chloe, he spent um, around about 170 million this summer, and obviously shared Ancelotti, Carey, Allison, Naby Keita, and Fabino. But it, it's kind of offset by the the money that got brought in for Philip Coutinho and so on. So he's not, you know, he's not spending ridiculous amounts that have come from nowhere. This is actually just kind of replenishing the the money back into the squad isn't it and it's not it's not like a, a huge uh, spending spree is it at all yeah no I think he's said on a couple of occasions hasn't he that it was time for Liverpool to spend that money that they got for Coutinho and people like that and it was not unexpected of Liverpool to spend money in this transfer window and there's been a lot said about net spend this year mm-hmm. um, there's net spend tables and Liverpool you know 
sit very well on that because you know they have sold well and they've now bought well with that money so i think it's completely just and you know he's completely just in his comments to say that's it yeah and obviously uh, transfer deadline day was was yesterday um a quiet day wasn't it on the Liverpool front one outgoing Danny Ings to Southampton on a season long loan um, Liverpool could pocket up to 20 million for him James yeah I think it was it was one that happened very late on in the mm. in the day um, you know I think it was obviously written a number of stories in the last few weeks that Liverpool fully expected Danny Ings to move on didn't didn't want to lose him um, but Klopp had accepted earlier on in the summer his reasons for wanting to do so of course you know through no fault of his own his progress at the club uh, has been severely hampered by those two serious knee injuries um, and you know I, it was just difficult to see a way back into the first team for him this season uh, you know for, for a while it, it, yesterday it actually looked like he might end up staying put because there wasn't a satisfactory offer on the table Um Palace ended up signing Jordan Ayew on, on loan from, from Swansea instead. Southampton were the other ones who were the most serious, I think, and you know they, they left it till late in the afternoon before putting together a package that was acceptable to Liverpool, um, which obviously, as everyone will know, is a, a season-long loan initially, but with a, a commitment to buy £20 million on the 1st of July 2019, £18, £18, £18 million guaranteed uh, for Liverpool uh, with a further £2 million to potentially follow in add-ons, a 20% sell-on clause as well. Um, so, yeah, fantastic move for, for Danny Ings. I think it's, it's, I've, I've never known a player be so popular yeah. without whether with, with it's not particularly backed up in terms of what he's been able to produce on the field. Because, you know, you look at the, the stats and... You know, if the the kind of the, the the reaction to him leaving last night and Klopp's comments on the club website, I thought were were, were brilliant yeah, in yeah. terms of talking about you know if you could if you could bottle his his character and spirit, you'd be able to sell it worldwide. And you know, Danny Ings himself, you know, thanking everyone and saying how much he you know he, Klopp even said today at Melwood, you know, we miss him already. Mm. You know, he said you know we you know we, you, you kind of he said there was people here hoping that it wouldn't happen yesterday, even though. It's the right thing for everyone, just because he's such a popular member. I think you know the you know staff and teammates have always spoken about you know the the amazing way that he's he's kind of battled through you know in the face of adversity with those two horrible injuries, um, and now we all hope you know that, that he that he goes on and really kickstarts his career at, at Southampton. You know um, when players go to clubs, you you, you kind of quite often hear. You know, pleasantries trotted out about this being a dream move for for, for yeah. AB or whatever. And but for him, that is genuinely true. You know, he was he was in Southampton's youth academy as a kid. Got released at the age of ten because they said he was too small. Ended up launching his career down the road at, at Bournemouth and then going to Burnley. Um, grew up supporting Saints, so fantastic for him. Um, and and I think Liverpool, you know, can be very satisfied with the deal they've done because. Mm. You know, only only cost six point five million pounds, and you know they've 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 sold him on for uh, what nearly three times that. Yeah, he's he's a player who obviously struggled a lot with two long term injuries, kind of. But uh, I think most Liverpool, I mean Liverpool, are obviously losing a, a decent striker and um, what would be a decent option for the season. But don't think anyone would begrudge him this move, would they? To, to you know play every week in the Premier League. No, hundred percent. Like he made absolutely no secret of the fact that he wanted first team football. Um, and obviously, you know, the players' wishes have got to be top priority. Really, you can't have an unhappy player at the club. And you know, it's a decent move for him, as James has just said. He's he's a Southampton fan, and that's 
that's fantastic for him. And, you know, as a, a Liverpool fan, you, you could definitely tell how loved Danny Ings was around everyone. You could feel, you know, the fact that how well he wanted to do for Liverpool and he actually wanted to play for Liverpool. And, you know, it's a shame of his injuries and a shame he didn't kickstart his Liverpool career. But, you know, yeah, I, as, as James said, I really do wish him all the best. And just a final line on transfers before we can hope to draw a line in the sand until <laughs> January. Uh, Liverpool can still sell players. Um, you can obviously loan them to, to teams further down the league and sell them to teams across Europe. Still expect them more outgoing teams? Yeah, I think Klopp pretty much confirmed earlier on today that he expects uh, a few more to go over the coming weeks. Um, you know, Probably Shea Ojo, a loan to a football league club, is, is one that I'd expect to happen. And then, you know... A, Obviously, there's you, you. Then you're left with you know Lazar Markovic, the um, you know the the annual dash to try and find a home for him. Um, <laughs> It'll be his fifth loan, really, if he goes this summer. So uh, yeah, I mean it's obviously it's coming into his last year, isn't he? So um, you know, be, there was there has been actually a few clubs in for him. I think there was a you know Levante, I think was one of the ones in Spain, and Olympiacos was another one. Um, so with, obviously with all the other European leagues, not. Their window's not shut until August the 31st. Yeah. They've got time on their side. Divock Origi, I mean, you know, a player who's had a, you know, a really, really disappointing pre-season. You know, someone who you know, we sat here probably a month ago talking about what an amazing opportunity it, it was for him to, to, to try and force his way back into Klopp's plans. That hasn't happened. Um, so what do Liverpool do with, with him? And, and obviously then you've got the goalkeeper situation yeah. where um, you know, I, think, I think Liverpool have probably been open to offers for Carrius and Mignolet, um to see what to see what came in because you know it doesn't make sense to keep both of them. I still think Mignolet is the more likely to move on, um, but as it stands at the moment, nobody's been willing to meet that twelve million pound valuation. And you know, as you get nearer the end of the window, um, you know, if there isn't a, a permanent uh, kind of fee on the table of that that meets Liverpool's demands, then you wonder whether they might entertain a, a loan for Mignolet too. And of course, uh, Premier League football returns uh, this weekend. Liverpool in action at Anfield on Sunday afternoon. And already they've got something of a, a, an injury crisis at the back, haven't they, Connor? They have indeed. Um, the heart of defence, which is never really ideal. Yeah. Um, obviously, you've got Lovren missing from the World Cup. You've got injuries to Matip. Potentially got Gomez returning, which would be good. And then you've obviously got the option of Nat Phillips, who's yeah. young and you know looking at possibly securing his first start for the first team um, there is obviously a big issue there for the first game but then you've obviously got Van Dijk who looks to have picked up where he left off last season during the pre-season campaign he had a really strong few games I thought so he'll obviously bring a calmness to whoever partners him on Sunday um, so yeah I think there is a little bit of a crisis but I don't think it's as bad as it possibly is made out yeah and obviously Ragnar Clavin's another one who's, who's going to miss out yeah of course um so, I mean, do you find it interesting that Lovren it just isn't even being thought about at all? I mean, obviously, he was involved in the World Cup final, which was, what was that, June the 15th? Um, but he said himself he's ready to go when he could play, but Klopp doesn't seem to be interested in, in thinking about that just yet, does he? I think if you look back in the last couple of years, you know, Lovren has been hampered regularly by just little niggling injury mm-hmm. problems. I don't, I don't think he's, he's not, he's not a, a Jamie Carragher-type centre-back who just is a machine who just plays and plays and plays. I think he's had to be managed carefully. Um, you know, it, it's quite rare. I think if you look back at when Liverpool had a really intensive schedule, you know, he tended to be the one probably more than Van Dijk that that, that was given a breather. Um, and I think 
I think Klopp is just wary with Lovren that that he doesn't want to push him in too soon. Um, you know, I think he, what he only reported back to Melwood to do is 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 bleep tests and fitness tests on Monday. Yeah. Sport so a new haircut. He did, yes, yeah, had a, a number one all over. Um, so Ivan Drago style. <laughs> yes, Travis so I, I'm not, yeah, I wasn't too much. I wasn't particularly surprised at that. That um, that Klopp hasn't, you know, he said today he's not even, you know, part of the equation for for Sunday. I think, you know, he'll he'll want Lovren to have a, a kind of a a mini preseason as as Klopp yeah. would call it, and then be ready for for Palace away uh, a week on a week on Monday. Um, so yeah, I think you know, obviously Lovren and and Van Dijk will form the you know that centre back axis this season, but. You know, certainly, in terms of this weekend, I think Klopp seemed pretty hopeful that Joe Gomez would be okay. You know, Gomez has had a, a decent preseason, um, so and I wouldn't have any concerns if, it, if it, a Gomez Van Dyke access, access I think, um, is more than capable on, especially on a day when you know, to be fair, they they shouldn't be overly worked. I think you know it's it's going to be one of those days where Liverpool dominate the ball, and you know, if anything, the centre backs are going to have a big part to play, bringing the ball forward and. And actually contributing going forward, rather than worrying too much about what's going the other way. Yeah, can you see it being uh, maybe an opportunity for young Nat Phillips to, to actually get on the bench, possibly? Or well, I think he probably will be on the bench if yeah. if you know Klopp said today that the Clavan um, was 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 still really struggling. Obviously, he said I think Matip he said was was certainly ahead of Clavan in terms of um, you know a comeback date. So we you know he, he said that I think he said that Matip had done a bit of work away from the main squad. So whether Matip would be would be able to go on the bench if he's not. Then yeah, you'd imagine Phillips would be. I think um, you know Klopp has been eulogising about Phillips. Yeah, yeah. You know he was very complimentary about him after the Torino game um, the other night. And you know I know sometimes managers say things and you kind of take what they say with a pinch of salt. But I know from being around the the squad during pre-season that it was very genuine. You know he was Klopp's been amazed by by mm. the progress in Phillips. You know he he said. He said when we were in Evian last week about how you know if you judge a player by where they were at the start of July and then you judge them by where they are now, he said you know Phillips has been the the star of the preseason because you know in the nicest possible way he started off doing preseason with the squad to make up the numbers yeah. because it was so thin on the ground post World Cup and you know over the course of preseason you know he could have been cast aside in in terms of because you know as players came back Klopp didn't really need him for you know he could have. He could have easily not taken him to America. He could have not taken him to Evian. But the fact he's been with them every step of the way is, is testament to uh, you know how just how impressed Klopp's been with it, been with him. And you know, not ideal to th- if he does have to throw him straight into yeah. a, an opening Premier League game. But you know, I, I watched that Phillips on the tour in America, and he wasn't phased by playing in front of 101,000 in, in Michigan. So. Um, if if he does get involved at some point on Sunday, I'm I'm sure he'll take it in his stride. I mean, long term, kind of you know, talking like they've got a few issues defensively, but this is a really strong Liverpool squad. Now uh, you're you're a young man, you're a couple of years younger than me, and a, a few more younger than James. Uh, I won't, <laughs> won't reveal the exact years, but um, you know, where do you rate this Liverpool squad in terms of the, the strongest of uh, you know? Have you seen any better? Do you know what I'm? really excited by this Liverpool squad to be honest um, obviously he scored loads of goals last season and there was obviously issues defensively generally I think in Bayern Allison they've been crying out for a keeper for a while but I think you know it could be the missing link you know if he 
brings a presence and a calmness in the net, which I think he should do. You've got Van Dijk and when Lovren returns, that's a solid centre-back partnership. I think, you know, if Liverpool can carry on scoring the goals, which I don't see why they won't, and stop conceding them, I don't see any reason why they can't win the Premier League this year. Um, the squad, I think, is absolutely fantastic. I think they're really, really great additions. And there's obviously massive battles in midfield for places from top, top players as well now. You know, you've brought in Fabinho and Keita, and they're only going to make players like Wijnaldum and Milner play better. And obviously you've got Henderson there as well, because they're all going to want to start, aren't they? So, you know, yeah, it's just a really exciting time, I think. Yeah, he's got so many options available to him this season, hasn't he, Jürgen Klopp? You know, as, as summer transfers are not kind of to, to beef up the squad. They're all players who are certainly capable of coming in when called upon, and and the quality doesn't really reduce. Yeah, I think that's been the big thing this, this summer, isn't it? There's four four new players, but they're all they're all players who you know will will have a big part to play. You know, they're not they're not squad players and just filling up the bench. Mm-hmm. I think you know it, it will, as Connor said, it will lift the bar across the board because you know there is that greater competition now. I think. You know, you throw into the mix as well the the way that the youngsters have stepped up this summer. You know that they're effectively like new signings. If you like, you know the likes of you know Curtis Jones is now suddenly an option um, in like an advanced central midfield role. You look at Rafa Camacho. We talked about Phillips before, and even Daniel Sturridge. You know, you, yeah. you know yeah, he, that's that's effectively like a new signing because you know he, Liverpool didn't really have him last season. You know, he was um, you know a pale shadow of the player he used to be, and obviously myself included the vast majority of people thought he was on his way out of the club this summer so I think obviously with Sturridge you kind of you reach for the nearest piece of wood and touch it and and <laughs> because you don't want to put the kiss of death on it but um you know again the other night against Torino look looks so sharp and you know obviously really intelligent gifted players love playing together and you know him and Shakiri look like they've already struck up a bit of a rapport um I think that's going to be the biggest thing for me this season and I think you know, we may well see the benefits of it on on Sunday is Klopp having those game changes on the bench mm. which you know if you re- rewind to Kiev back in May you know you, you saw Gareth Bale come on and, and, and transform that game in the second half yeah. while Klopp brought on a you know a semi-fit Lana and a, and a semi-fit Chan who was about to leave the club so you know now when you've got you know despite having they're having done so well in pre-season you know I don't I'd, I'd be amazed if Sturridge started on the weekend I'd be amazed if Shakiri started but you know what two fantastic options that is and you know talking about how far you go back for a, a better squad you know I, I'm struggling to mm. to think of one I think certainly spine of the team wise in terms of a starting lineup the strongest since probably 2008 2009 yeah, something right. like that under under Benitez um but you know even then you know the, the depth wasn't wasn't really there um at, at times you know when Liverpool had a, a great kind of 12 or 13 and then and then it let them down a bit. So, yeah, it's just, you know, I think it's been exciting watching them and covering them the last six weeks and the build-up to the season. And, and now you just hope they can, they can deliver when it really matters. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I look back to maybe the 2000-2001 team and uh, the options that Gerard Houllier had available to him. But I think this team's got more stardust to them I think they've got a bit more flair and you know those players you can kind of just, just make an instant instant difference but it's, I think that's probably uh, as far back as I go to, to think of a, of a Liverpool squad that could rival this current one but Connor you said something to me before we, we press record I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit now go on you, you <laughs> kind of touched upon it then as well you think that this team is good enough to, to become champions this season 
Yeah, I absolutely do. Um, I just, I haven't felt like this about a Liverpool squad for absolutely ages. Um, you know, you watch them in the pre-season. You know, it hasn't been an absolutely incredible pre-season, but they've been pretty good. Mm. Well, um, seven of nine, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know, obviously, you know, you've got the front three players who pick themselves every week. And, you know, if they can continue in the rich vein of form they've been in, then... Liverpool are going to win loads of games, basically, to put it really yeah. bluntly. Um, and yeah, as I said, I think Alisson just brings a total new depth to the back, to the defence, and that's where it needed shoring up, and Klopp's done that. And uh, yeah, as I said, I think Liverpool in the league, I really do. It's a big claim. Uh, on, and Al- Al- <laughs> Hang on, Pele claimed it as well today, did, so yeah. I'll, uh, so I'll take that. I'm on company. good ground. Um, I'll, put, I'll put you on the spot again then. Top, your, your top six predictions... Liverpool to finish first, that right? Yeah. yeah. City is second. I think it will be close. Um, I reckon Tottenham are going to finish third. I think Harry Kane will probably get the golden boot. Um, I think him and Salah will be really close for it, but I think he'll probably just make it this year, although I don't think he'll take Salah's record away from him last year. Um, in fourth, I'm going to go Man United. Um, fifth is a little bit of a struggle because I don't know how Chelsea are going to be. Had a little yeah. bit of a topsy-turvy pre-season. Um Kovacic, if he could be a good good sign in, and you obviously I don't know what that Arizabal, uh, I can't remember Kepa. his name. Kepa. Kepa. Yeah, we'll go with Kepa. <laughs> That'll do. Will's most expensive goalkeeper, who quite a few people wouldn't have heard of. Like, yeah, no, exactly. So you, I don't really know how he's going to perform. So, yeah. be interested to see what happens with Chelsea. But I'll, I'll put them in fifth, and then I'll put Arsenal in sixth. But I rate Unai Emery as a manager. Yeah. You know, he won the Europa League three times in a row with Valencia, didn't he? And that is nothing short of. <laughs> phenomenal, yeah, really. Is, he was a, obviously, Liverpool fell fell to his hands, didn't he, in 2016 yeah, with exactly. Sevilla 1-3-1. James, I'm going to tempt you into some uh, early predictions. <laughs> uh, I, I still think Man City will be the, the team to mm. beat. I think, despite the strides Liverpool have made forward this this summer, um, I just think City was so far ahead last year. I think you know, Klopp's kind of talked about it today where he said you know, he was asked about kind of making up that gap because Liverpool were what, 25 points behind Man City last season um, and he said he said, well you know, he said it wasn't the games against City that cost us because you know, we beat them once lost yeah. to them once in the Premier League um, you know, Liverpool just started far too slowly last year I was, you, know, you look back and Liverpool only won three of their first nine last, last season and um, you know, I was looking at the league table today actually after that 4-1 defeat to Tottenham at Wembley in, in mid-October and, and Liverpool were 12 points behind Man City already and you, know, you, you just don't even give yourself a chance when, mm. when you make the mistakes that Liverpool did in the first two months of last season um, so to have any hope they have to, they have to get off to a bright start um, you know, the fixtures have been relatively kind I think you know, there's, there's the opportunity there to, to, to achieve that but yeah, I'd I'd still make City big favourites. I think I think it'll be a proper title race this time yeah. around. I don't think I can't see City running away with it like they did last season, but I'd still have them as as the number one. And I think I think Liverpool will be the the nearest challengers to them. So I'd have them second, and then I think it's difficult to call after that. You know, I, just despite you know all the talk about Tottenham and you know obviously the rival fans having a joke at their expense, but I think they became the first. Premier League team didn't yeah. they to not sign anyone in a transfer window since the window was brought in mm. um, but you know they, they've still got a, a quality t- quality team um, I'd, I'd have Tottenham third and probably Chelsea fourth just because I just think they've made some really really good signings 
Um, and then I think I think United genuinely may well struggle to get top four. Just you know, I, you know, you 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 look at what's been happening there this summer, and you know, Mourinho's moaning and so frustrated, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and you you know, you just wonder how. You know, I think a couple of bad. You know, even just before we came to do this podcast, he was moaning about <laughs> in the in the program notes that they have to play Friday night and they don't get to play Saturday or Sunday. You know, he was moaning. What was it yesterday? You know, a little another little dig at Liverpool about how you know you you talk up other clubs yeah. down the road yeah. who don't win anything and um so, you know, and then obviously all the stuff. You know, some fascinating stuff in the national papers the last couple of days about. Um, how United just weren't prepared to to back his judgment yeah. on on deals this summer. Um, you know, he obviously wanted Harry Maguire. Um, you know, it was obviously made it very clear that he desperately wanted a centre half. They, you know, they they weren't prepared to to back him. And what a contrast to the way that you know Klopp's conducted mm-hmm. himself. And you know, the interview we published with Klopp this week talking about the unity at the club and and how the owners have given him everything that he asked for. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if United were were fifth, and then you know I think again Arsenal, as Connor said, you know, a bit of an unknown quantity. With you know we don't know what's going to happen in the, the post Fenger era, but yeah, I'd have I'd have I'd have them and United down as the as the two out the big six to miss out. Right, I think I've gone for uh, Manchester City to win the title, Liverpool second, and I think I've gone Spurs and United, and I think Arsenal and Chelsea will miss out. Um, Coming back to the uh, to the game Sunday, now uh, Liverpool were the, were, the, were the big spenders in the transfer window, but uh, West Ham weren't too far behind them. Uh, do you think Liverpool can kind of catch uh, West Ham cold? They've got a new manager that they're trying to bed in, you know, a number of new players: uh, Jack Wilshere, Andre Yarmolenko, Felipe Anderson, Issa Diop, um, a couple of others, Ryan Fredericks, and they've got a new goalkeeper in Fabianski. Um, obviously, it takes time for for a new manager to get his ideas across and for new signings to settle in. Do you think that there is a chance that Liverpool can, uh, as I say, cast some coal, Connor? Yeah, I, I think there's every chance, and you know, I don't think many people see past the Liverpool win on Sunday. Um, West Ham have got a couple of injuries themselves as well, haven't they? You've got Andy Carroll out, and you know, I don't. Not s- like strange, then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> interesting. Um, so yeah, I don't think they pose a lot, a lot of threat going forward. You obviously got Arnautovic, who played well yeah. last time he came to Anfield and probably could have scored. Um, but you know, if you eliminate that, I don't see them scoring against Liverpool. If I'm honest, and I think it was in the last three games Liverpool have played against West Ham, they've scored four goals in each game, and I'm not sure that's going to change. Um, I've another, gone another four goal haul at Anfield. Well, yeah. So there. I've um, had a little score predictor on one yeah. of the um, people in the office thing for four nil. Four nil. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, so we'll uh, we'll run through our teams then for for, for Sunday. Um, We'll start with you, James. Obviously, you expect Allison to, to make his debut, yeah? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I think um, you know, he's looked pretty accomplished. Mm. It's got good for him to get a couple of couple of games under his belt going into going into this one. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think there's any any doubts about about that one. Uh, back four wise, um, you know, I, I, I don't really. And I think obviously Gomez, if he's fit, he definitely partners Van Dijk. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think there's too much argument to be had about the fullbacks. I think, um, although Trent came back late, obviously because of the World Cup, I think we've seen more than enough from him in his two outings to to, to ensure that he should get the nod ahead of Nathaniel Klein. I actually thought Klein's done okay over the course yeah, of pre-season. Yeah. Um, but I just think Trent is just so much more dynamic and gives you more going forward um, that I'd have him at right back. And, and then obviously... 
you know, Klopp, interestingly, Klopp has almost the, the game time between Robertson and Moreno has been pretty even in mm. terms of giving them opportunities. But um, you know, I think you'd you'd have to go with Robertson. Yeah. Um, so who, who makes him a field? Yeah, I mean that's that is obviously because the thing obviously the, the front three pick themselves. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone who would argue with that. The midfield three is is an interesting one. I mean, Fabino. It's, it's kind of got six to choose mm. for three places. Hasn't yeah, it? yeah, and. I mean, I know Ian Doyle copped a huge amount of flack in yeah. the week for his, <laughs> his 5 out of 10 Fabino rating, um, which obviously was completely and utterly bang out of order. I <laughs> um, think my favourite comment he got was being called a Brexit, Brexit head. head. Yeah, that was, which follows, obviously, because if you give Fabino 5 out of 10, you must be a big fan of Brexit. Um, but, I mean, it all jokes aside, I actually think Fabino hasn't been great in pre-season and I wouldn't, that is not a criticism because I just think... You know, he's Klopp has spoken about it numerous times that he needs. He said he feels he needs probably more time than the other new players because he said it's such a difference in in style of play that he's adjusting to. Um, you know, I think it was after the last game in America that he said that he said he's he's been trying so hard to impress me in training that that he's absolutely shattered when it when it comes to the friendly games. And we know that Klopp doesn't really, you know, they, he doesn't ease off training around friendly games. So. I think there was a sense from Klopp that he hasn't, he wasn't able to properly do himself justice at times. Um, I thought he did okay the other night against Torino. Obviously, you know, forget the missed penalty. Yeah. You know, that was an irrelevance. Um, you know, moved the ball well, but you know, I don't, I don't think you know he, he's had a slight knock this week as well. He went yeah. for a scan with the doctor. Klopp then said today that the, the scan was clear, but he'd been sent home ill. Um, I, I've got a sneaking suspicion he might go with Henderson, um, just because. It's just I wasn't surprised at all that Henderson was involved against Torino the other night because you know although he had those three weeks off, you know I think if if you follow him on social media you could tell that you know he'd spent an awful lot of time in the gym, yeah. um, because you know he hates missing games and it, you know he would have you know been desperate to come back and prove to Klopp he was in good enough shape to to play in this game and you know I think Klopp's quote today about Henderson was he, he looks full of power. Um, and I just wonder, with Fabinho, Fabinho still settling in and having a knock, a bit of illness, I just wonder whether he might he might go for Henderson yeah. back there. I think I probably would, and then have Kaita, and then I think it's a difficult. I think I think I'd probably have to play when Alden, just because I thought he was so good. Yeah, he, he looked uh, the he other looked night. Really energetic, didn't he against yeah. Torino? Yeah. Um, and then that would be harsh on Milner, who you know I think should be okay. Obviously, we've seen him back in training this week with his head heavily bandaged after that horrible cut um, but I just think you know with something like that if, if you don't need to if you don't need to risk Milner then you know maybe I'd maybe have him on the bench as a as an option um, alternatively of course if he decides that getting 90 minutes out of Henderson is, is too much he could when Aldum has played that holding role but yeah I think if I was picking three now I think I'd go Henderson Keita Wijnaldum yeah. and from three picks itself uh, how about you Connor? Yeah, well, obviously, I'm not going to stray too far away from that. I guess it depends a little bit in terms of the right back, how Klopp feels about Alexander Arnold. I know he's, you know, he's, his voice is that he's raring to go and he's ready. So, you know, it's all about how the player feels, pretty much, isn't it? Yeah. But you know, Klein would probably be the only, the only one I would see coming in instead of Trent. Um, you know, Henderson played against Torino, and I'd, I don't see any reason why he doesn't start. But yeah, as James said, if if Henderson can't manage a full 90 minutes at 
you know the first game back for him then you've obviously got Milner as an option but yeah I think it is harsh Milner not starting because you know he's been he's been great hasn't he so apart from those those two like positions I don't see any other changes to be fair and uh, you've obviously predicted a fauna Liverpool win I have <laughs> how about you James so I think it's a difficult one to judge just because I think West Ham is such an unknown quantity mm. and I think you're right in that it probably does play into Liverpool's hands the fact that West Ham uh, you know, have, uh, have got so many new faces, a new manager, it's bound to take time to gel. But I think also from Klopp's point of view, it must be a bit of a nightmare trying to tr- trying to study them and, uh, and analyse yeah. them because there'll be so little footage of, of them around as as the team they, mm. they are now. And I think Klopp, Klopp talked about it today, you know, he rattled off you know, a, whole, a whole host of names saying, you know, we don't really know who we're going to face. So, you know, that, that adds a bit of an element to it. But yeah, I just think from what we've seen in pre-season so far, you know, this has been a Liverpool team functioning well in all departments. And of course, it's different when when it really counts. But I just don't see West Ham being able to deal with the, the firepower of Mane, Salah, and Firmino. You know, that's been one of the big things of pre-season: the fact that they've all come back, all look so sharp, no hangovers from the World Cup, um, all all have got goals under their belt already, and. Oh, yeah, I think they look ready to, to carry on where they left, left off back in May. So I'll go for Liverpool 3-1. Right, so uh, plenty of goals then Sunday. Uh, right, that, that will pretty much do us. But before we go, James, we'll, we'll just uh, gloss over our Blood Red live night on uh, Wednesday night in the Baltic market. Uh, you were the headline act on stage <laughs> with uh, Neil Fitzmaurice. Not sure about that. Yeah, Dan Nicholson of, um, of the Boss Night uh, fame and uh, Chris Pajak of the Red Men TV. Um, how did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was good. good yeah, night, yeah, yeah, I was uh, was glad that some people turned up. Yeah, you know, it would have been yeah. a bit lonely. It's just a sellout. The uh, so no, it was I think hopefully going to be the the first first of many. You yeah. know, it was a great venue at the Baltic Market, and um, obviously very lucky to have uh, Neil Fitzmaurice on board to host it. Cause, you know, he's he's absolutely absolutely top draw yeah. at that. So um, so yeah, it was yeah great night all round. I think there was you know, there's been a lot of nice feedback and uh, a lot of good questions and I think you could sense in the room that you know there was a real buzz and excitement with it with with us hosting it just a few days before the start of the yeah. new season I think um, you know not too many moans and groans I think you know a couple of people asking about Fakir and and obviously why <laughs> there wasn't an alternative to him and someone else moaning about John Akterberg the goalkeeper coach but uh, you know I think you know, his question was probably answered by today's echo, where the, you know Klopp is speaking the in that about maniac. yeah, you know, you know, full of praise for yeah. the role that Actorberg does. Um, so no, it was it was it was good, and you know it was uh, you know I think thankfully because it works so well, it'll be something we'll be looking to to hold again in the next few months, and you know hopefully we've got plenty more positive stuff to reflect on um, when when we all hope the Reds have made a successful start to this push for uh, for trophies in 2018-19 definitely yeah I'd okay. just like to uh, request some entrance music for you though next time <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you uh, what would be your, your number one choice obviously the Rocky Fiend tune now isn't <laughs> it well yeah <laughs> hand in hand now isn't it <laughs> right uh, that, that should pretty much do us uh, join us again on Monday when uh, hopefully for you, for you listeners Ian Doyle will be back in the hosting chair and we'll pick the bones out of the West Ham game and anything else that crops up from it thank you this is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.